Today we're going to go back to the SITW podcast for my early thoughts on milestone thinking. Today's process is this, discovered advance, milestone thinking. Sit back, relax. Let's light the lantern. Well, hello there, Rangers. Wade Skalski here, lawyer, entrepreneur, and your guide to the understory. There are monsters and bandits here, but if you are stuck in your 9 to 5 and you want to start or grow a business, this is the place for you. Remember, admission to the understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. Well, hello there, team. Wade Skalski here, problem solver, playwright, and perspective hunter. Today's question is this, milestone thinking, yes or no? Sit back, relax, let's light this candle. All right, so I am driving to Richmond, Virginia today. Um, I have got a bill that I wrote which gives expungement relief to victims of human trafficking that's in the Virginia legislature right now. And uh, I am driving up here reminding myself not to engage in milestone thinking. So you've heard me talk about what a grand gesture is. So there's grand gesture thinking, which is one form that people have for goal setting or for, uh, you know, direction in their life. They turn it into their North Star. But another thing, a more common thing that almost everyone does is milestone thinking. So what milestone thinking is, is selecting something in the future that is an accomplishment that you believe is an answer to something. Now, that's basically as as foundational a, a definition I could possibly give you. I'll give you a personal example. So I'm driving up to Richmond right now. I've got this bill that I've been working on. It's a, it's a peak experience for me that I, you know, like just going up here and going to the state Capitol, I'm a total novice in politics, interacting with state senators, interacting with state delegates. I have a meeting at 11 o'clock with my, actually my local, my local delegate. I'm a constituent of this person. And just those things by themselves are a peak experience by design. Um, However, if if the passage of the bill is my is like milestone thinking for me, then these meetings and these things take on an entirely different tenor and what is gained from them uh, or lost from them becomes totally different. So let's dial it back. Let's go back in time and I'll I'll give an example maybe that that uh, uh, is more applicable to to a broader group of people. So. When I was growing up, I grew up in North Dakota, a uh, really small town. We, we lived like, it's not a farm, it was kind of like a little vanity farm. We had chickens and we grew little crops and, you know, uh, a little bit outside of the, uh, just a few miles outside of town, took a bus to school. If you wrote Wade on Rural Route 2, it probably would get to me. And that was it on the envelope, it gets me. Not a lot of people. Anyway, so my parents, you know, neither of them had gone to college. You know, ultimately, my mom in her like 40s or 50s went to got some some college. But when we were growing up, basically what they said to me was the message was go to college and go be a lawyer or a doctor and you will be fine. So in my head, 
I, w- I don't like math or science that much. I mean, I, I, it's it's doesn't it's really hard for me. I can do it, but it doesn't come to me naturally. Whereas sort of public speaking, speaking, kind of uh, putting arguments together, communicating, those things, uh, I won't say they come super naturally to me, but they are more natural to me than math and science. So I got in my head, I was like, okay, well, I'll be a lawyer. Well, once that I decided I was going to be a lawyer, it, it's sort of as my North Star, uh, and that was going to solve everything for me. I just shut my brain off. I was like, all right, all I got to do is go become a lawyer and then uh, everything will be fine. So I basically just did whatever I wanted to as, and it, I, I did the sort of the minimum required to go to law school. I took the LSAT. I went to college. Um, I took political science and economics as a dual degree. And then uh, I didn't really apply myself that hard to it, to either political science or economics because they were just a means to an end for me to get into law school. So um, I took the LSAT. Uh, got into George Washington, went to George Washington. And so I, I gave very little, I mean, probably zero thought from the time that I decided I was going to be a lawyer, let's say like fifth grade or so, sixth, seventh grade, whatever, somewhere there, um, till literally the day I got out of law school about what I was going to do with my life. And so it's no surprise that the moment I got out of law school, I was immediately unemployed because I, I, I tried to kind of get a job. I was like, oh, a job will just kind of find me and then I'll be fine. And I, I'll just, you know, do the do the Monday through Friday thing and vacation thing and, you know, have some kids and just do my thing. So drink some beer, I'd do my thing. So, so I got out of law school and I was immediately unemployed. And it took me like seven months to get a job. And I was really, that was a really tough time. It was like a dark period for me. And the reason was, was that I had put... The, uh, the that the answer would come once the milestone was achieved, and I the the answer never comes from the once the milestone is achieved. Like you'll you'll see this in sports, for example. Actually, that's not true. An answer does come, and the answer almost is is milestones don't give you answers. Write that one down. That one's for free. Milestones don't give you answers. Wait, how can that be? Well, everybody, any sort of like, you look at the grand gesture, right? So um, I, there, people sometimes will go on the Appalachian Trail to find themselves, right? And there's a guy that went on the Appalachian Trail and he wrote this book. I wish I could remember what the name of the book was, but I read it. And he basically said in the book, he's like, look, if you're going, to, if you're going on the Appalachian Trail to find answers for your life, don't do it because there aren't any answers for your life on the Appalachian Trail. And I think what he meant by that is that at the conclusion of the Appalachian Trail, if your only goal is to complete the Appalachian Trail and you complete it, then that's all you get. You get to check the box and say, I did the Appalachian Trail and it's cool at cocktail parties. Same thing with being a lawyer. Like, it's really easy when someone asks you, hey, what do you do? And you say, oh, I'm a lawyer. Boom. They, they can just stop talking to you and they can go on talking about themselves because it just tells them everything that they need to know, right? It doesn't... It, it, it doesn't require any thought on their perspective on their part. They're, they're, they get it. I had a funny interaction this morning. So to get to Richmond, I had to get up like super early. So I got up and there's actually like ice on my windshield. I can't see anything. And I don't have an ice scraper in my car because this car, you know, is in California. And I haven't gotten around to buying an ice scraper yet. So take out a credit card and I'm scraping the ice off the front and, and uh, I drive out and then I stop at the stop sign right by my house and I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't good enough. So I, you know, it's, it's five in the morning. Nobody's up at five in the morning in Virginia Beach. And uh, so I'm, 
I'm scraping, I'm scraping, I scrape, I get out and I'm scraping by the stop sign. And then one of our neighbors walks by with her dog and yeah, the nicest lady in the whole world. She's like, ah, oh. she's like, you must have gotten a job because when people move here, I guess the whole block knew I didn't have a job <laughs> when I moved here. So, I'm, you know, my mother, thanks. Thanks, Mimi. Appreciate that. So, uh, and I was like, what? And she's like, oh, you must have gotten a job. And uh, I was like, no, I, I'm driving up to Richmond. And she kind of looks at me and I'm like, yeah, I got this bill that I wrote and it's in the Virginia State Legislature and I got to go and kind of go talk to the subcommittee. I talked to the subcommittee about it last week and then I got to go up and kind of clean up some stuff and trying to trying to get it to committee. And she kind of looks at me and she's like, okay. And like had no, like does not compute. Like that is not... I might as well have told her, like, yeah, I'm gonna go on. A, I'm gonna go on a rocket ship to the moon. I gotta get over to uh, Richmond. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting up to the to the moon in a in a rocket ship. It's like, all right, didn't really know what to think about that. And she's kind of like, you know, sauntered off with her dog, and I was, I was kind of second guessing myself. I was like, wait, maybe that social interaction. You just should have said, yeah, I got some stuff going on. Thanks. Like that would have been the smart thing to do. Uh, not the socially awkward thing to do, but for whatever reason, I like to be socially awkward almost all the time to see if I can fix it. I think that's what I think it is, is I just try to like put myself in a, you know, handicap myself socially. And so, but, you know, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing with Richmond. It doesn't make any sense to almost anyone else, but it, it does, it's not a mile, you know, I got to, that's why I'm reminding myself as I'm driving up here. It's like, look, the the lesson is, is that if you pick a milestone, say like getting married or having a kid or like whatever. And, and you know, you're, you, you look for answers in the experience. It's unlikely that you're going to find the answers that you desire or any answers. Uh, and that's why people are always confused by those things. That's why, you know, like people, I, I think almost everyone lies about the experience they had when having a kid, like personally, you know, maybe it's just me, but and maybe it's a man thing too. Because obviously, I think I should say men. I think men lie a lot about having a kid and the experience in the when the first kid was born or even the second kid was born, because everyone you know hypes it up and pumps it up and and says, oh, it's going to be this religious experience. And and uh, I didn't, you know, some of the best advice that was ever given to me was by my friend Josh. And Josh said, hey, look, don't worry about however you feel when the kid comes out like you had you know you didn't grow in your belly you you're not going to breastfeed it you you know the, the kid has going to want to have nothing to do with you for six months because it's going to be so dependent upon his mom don't sweat it he's like for the dad the, the connections come just a little bit slower and just so whatever it is it is and so i just said to myself i said whatever i feel right now or whatever i feel is the right thing to feel which is true of any process by the way like however you feel if you were feel like a psychopathic maniac <coughs> when you're doing something if you just acknowledge that, you're like, oh, I kind of feel like a psychopathic, psychopathic maniac right now. Um, then, you know, you can actually course correct a little bit better than if you try to force yourself into a shoebox and feel in a certain way. And, you know, and so, you know, that's process thinking. That's like, hey, like you're pointed into, and that's why milestone thinking doesn't work because you just turn off your process. You just say, okay, I'm going to do the least to take the, and because humans don't like discomfort. So you're going to do the, li- the, the least you can to get to where you want to go. Does that seem to you to be a good path and a good strategy for learning lessons and expanding your understanding? No, that's a rhetorical question. Of course not. 
So if if in your mind the milestone is your goal, you will do you're a human being, like you will do the least amount that you possibly have to do to reach that milestone. If your milestone is you want to get to 200 pounds, like lose like 20 pounds, you will eat enough ice cream so that you lose 20 pounds and not one spoon less or Kit Kats or what or beers or whatever it is, you will do the the absolute like least amount, give up the least amount of bad food to get to that number. Right? Versus if you're to say to yourself, well, I just want to be a healthy person and eat healthy, and this is sort of my goal where I know healthy that this is 207 pounds is healthy, and I'm going to want to be a healthy person, you'll eat less ice cream that way. Because as you go through the process, you're like, you'll ask yourself questions like, hey, am I being a healthy person by eating this ice cream? The answer could be, uh, no. You know, you but you. The other question is, hey, am I gonna get? Am I gonna go two hundred? Am I gonna get to two hundred and seven pounds if I eat this ice cream? And the answer is yes. You'll eat the ice cream. Going to law school. Hey, do I really need to get an A in this class? Probably not. You know, like, like, is an A in women's studies gonna get me into law school? No, I took women's studies, by the way, and that was a, that was a, that, that's a whole series of podcasts in and of, in and of itself. Uh, and so, uh, why I did that? No clue. I thought, hey, hey, I'll, I'll expand myself. Uh, and I'll, I'll try to, you know, learn more about the opposite sex and, and this seems like a good thing to do and diversity and all that. And, and, uh, all I did was spend a semester being attacked as the only man in the entire class. So, uh, it was awesome. I got to defend my gender for, uh, as a 20 year old, uh, that was, and that's cool too. Like, cause I have it, you know, I got, I got gender, I got gender roles and, and man, manhood locked in at 20. Uh, so <laughs> that was an experience. I never forgot that class. I didn't remember anything else. The only classes I really remember were calculus, agricultural statistics, and uh, women's studies. I don't know why that is. Don't don't ask me why I remember the math classes over anything else. Oh, and uh, Professor Todd's constitutional law class I took from him, which was awesome in a winter session. Uh, that was also why did I do that? Why why did I take a semester in, in the winter break? Uh, I don't know. I, I, for whatever, I, I'm kind of a masochist, I guess. That was my 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 minor. I was a double major in political science and economics with a uh, minor in masochism. Uh, that was my that was my college. Oh yeah, and I didn't drink anything. Yeah, I was totally. I didn't drink one drop of alcohol my entire college. I was kind of a masochist in college. Wow, I just realized that. Look at that. See, learn something every day. Part of the process. So. That's, you know, that's the thing that gets so dangerous about milestone thinking. Say, it's the same problem as grand gesture thinking, except for grand gesture thinking, typically, you totally, you know, you, you don't, you really burn your life for grand gesture theory. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll sell off your 401k to go do something grand gesture, th- you know, grand gesture thinking. Um, it, you know, so in short periods of time, you'll screw things up. But, but milestone thinking will screw things up over a long period of time because you, look, time is your most valuable asset. And if you're not learning something every single day, then you're not doing it right. Just, uh, very rarely do I say that, but you've got to learn how to learn every day. And if you pick milestones, hey, the, things are going to get better in my relationship when we get married. Things are going to get better in my relationship when we have kids, you know, for your connections, right? Things are going to get better for my daughter or son when we take them to Disneyland, you know? Uh, that's not that's not a good plan. If for your career, you know, like if you're, if you're like, oh, things are going to get better when... I go to law school or things when I graduate from law school or, oh, things are going to get better when I get that promotion or whatever. It's not going to work. It's not going to give you what you want. You're just going to get confused. Or for your creations, right? Oh, when I complete this book, when I when I sell my first novel, right? Or, or I produce my first play or whatever it is or write my first, you know, get, book my first, get into SAG or it's just not going to work for you. I'm sorry. It's going to be this endless supply of milestones that don't supply anything for you. And at the end of your, end of your life, you realize, hey, I never, I never looked around and really... I just never looked around. 
you know? And it's a cliche, but the reason why it's a cliche is because it's fucking true. But nobody ever explains why it's true. They just say, hey, and the reason why it's true is because you don't learn the lessons from the process. Nobody ever says that. They say, oh, it's, they say, enjoy the process, enjoy the process, learn to love the process. But they don't, what they don't say is learn the lessons. The lessons are in the process every day. They don't say that, or very few people say that. And it's the lessons that expand your perspective. And when your perspective starts to expand, you course correct. And when you course correct, you end up picking different milestones. They're not even milestones. That's why it's your North Star. And, you know, and here's the funny thing about North Star. There's an infinite number of North Stars you can pick. There's an infinite number of milestones you can pick. There's an infinite number of grand gestures you can pick. The only thing that is singular is the process. There's only one process. That's you. You are a process. So learn from it every day. That's the fun. That's why you have to enjoy the process. It's the only way that you're going to ever find what you want because you're going to, you're going to, you don't have enough time. There's an infinite number of things that you could be doing. There's an infinite number of lessons you could be learning and you have to use your agency and decide what it is that you want to learn. That's how you become you. But if you pick milestones, you're letting someone else decide for you. Me picking to be an attorney with letting my parents decide for me my lessons. And I love my mom and dad, but they're just people, you know, they're just people, man. And they're just doing the best they can. And they're giving me instructions from their generation, which means it's untimely. I I can't give, you know, the the instructions I can give my son to go do for his job. I can't do, I'm not going to do that. I can't tell him, Hey, go learn coding. What if by the time he gets out of school, artificial intelligence does all the coding, right? Like when I was, when I was in high school, there was the card catalog. My last year of, of uh, law school, I got an email account. Like, got the worldwide guys. Like in the span of in the span of like one career choice, all information the way it was given changed. How, you're not smart enough to figure it out. You can't. So stop it. All you can teach your children is values and process, and they have to figure it out and choose for themselves. If you choose for them, you're going to ruin them. Don't do it. They're not you. They're not you. They're not a carbon copy of you. There's somebody else throws their throws their their DNA in there, mixes it up, and boom, they, out they come. Different person, not you. So, so today for the application, what I want you to do is I want you to take out your working papers. If you don't have working papers, what I want you to do is I want you to either go buy a journal or a trapper keeper, uh, or just take out your unicorn trapper keeper from fifth grade. That's fine. Take it out. Look in there. Look in your fifth grade trapper keeper. Are there milestones you put in there that you're still chasing today? And what if so, are they milestones or a North Star? What have you learned? Like, have you learned everything you, you from this point to then, have you learned everything you could have learned? Have you even learned half of it? I would guess you've learned like less than 1%. And that's, hey, and don't feel bad about it. Everybody does it every single day. You're a human being. It's the only way you can deal with the complexity of the world is like really simplify it down to simple things. And that's what milestones are. That's what digestions are. They're just like really simple, 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 simple things that you boil the whole world down to. If I just do this, I'll be okay. You're okay. You're fine. Whatever you're doing right now, you're fine. You're fine yesterday. You'll be fine tomorrow, whatever milestone you pick. So you're going to pick them. Just try to improve the lessons you learn from your process 1% today. That's it. Just shoot for 1% better in your process and learning from it.
And just remember, if you get real hard on yourself, there is no path that you cannot pick. Wait, there is no path that you can pick that's wrong. Because there's lessons on every path. But you just want to make sure that you pick. Don't let somebody else pick for you. And the process will tell you if you're going in the right direction for you. That's how you find out your North Star and you find out your missions and what you really want to do and that's how you get fulfillment. Is there is there is something out there and it's not you don't have to find the right thing. You just have to pick what you want and you get to pick. And remember, there is no end if you stay on the path to understanding. If you are listening to this podcast and you are an online entrepreneur, I know exactly what it feels like to be you because I am one. I know what it's like to know that you are smart and work your ass off, but always feel like you cannot get traction. I know what it feels like to have your spouse support you outwardly, but on the inside, they're saying to themselves, is this going to work? And I know that you want to create something in business, but you always end up chasing the same dollar over and over. Or maybe you want to create something in the arts, but you feel like you shouldn't play there. So you wander in the forest, stuck in the understory. I spent over 40 years there fighting the same monsters and bandits over and over. And when I discovered that if you learn what the understory is and you start to go there on purpose, you can find a clearing where you have clarity and power in your commerce, connections, and creations. You handle the forest like a badass ranger with the proper mindsets and skill sets that you need. Not once chosen for you by some guru or your parents, but chosen by you on paper, on purpose. We can walk the understory together, but I cannot find you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. Subscribe to my email list at understorylawyer.simplecast.com. Let's find your clearing together, a place free of entanglements, a place with a bedrock foundation, and a place where you set the boundaries, not anyone else.